we absolutely need to think about this because as pro remote as we are, as the, as much as we love the freedom and flexibility that that brings, we, we really do miss being together as friends and colleagues. And it's going to have to be, and I know this is a little bit off topic from, from what we're chatting about today, but it's going to have to be something that businesses take very seriously and deliberately put in place a plan for how do we capture this physical togetherness that is so Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. There we go. And we're back. Yeah, I forgot to enable the uh, Ethernet connection. I was still on Wi-Fi, so switching over just... I always try to do that before we get on, but not today. I rushed it. What's going on? All good, man. Being productive, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I got to a point where like everything was just, uh, smashing together and, uh, I didn't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like I got to make some changes here. So going with a new setup, new workflow, hopefully it works. I've, I've found this week I felt, uh, much more productive and I'm being much more uh, efficient in working through my good to-do list on a daily basis. So I'm happy. Good. Yeah. And it's always good just to shake things up every once in a while. Like it gives you like that, that excitement of something new. Yeah. Agreed. Sometimes you need that. And sometimes all it takes (laughs) for me is cleaning my office. (laughs) Like sometimes my office gets so disorganized and messy. I like, you know what, I'm going to take an hour and clean it. I'm like, you know what? I feel, I feel Mm -hmm. like I can work better now all of a sudden. Right. It's, it's kind of like this weird mental thing. I also feel that same way about my car that when I give it yeah. a good wash, I'm like, my car just drives better now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, so. I did that on Monday. It took like an hour and a half uh, just to, to clean. Like I was just like, it was such a crazy weekend. Yeah. And there was just stuff still all over the house. I'm like, screw it. I'm doing some vacuuming. I'm doing some cleaning. And believe it or not, it made me feel just generally super productive. So by the time I started work around 10, 30, quarter of 11, like I was all sorts of fired up. That sometimes that's all it takes. And, and a lot of it is just shifting, shifting mindset where, um, you know, you don't see it as a, as a task or something you have to do. It's like something that you get to do. And I, I think a lot about that with doing the dishes and there's a really popular Zen saying about when you do the, just when you do the dishes, just do the dishes. Um, and it's like very meditative and re- rewarding. But when you look at it, as like, ah, oh, I got to like slog through this like list of chores I have to do. It's tends to have the opposite effect. So yeah. Nice. Anyway. 
That is that. I got a new toy. Oh, the drone. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, any good shots fun. with it yet? So, uh, I've taken a few. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and uh, it it's overwhelming with all of the features and settings. So I've been watching a ton of YouTube videos and I've been taking it out in the backyard and just doing a few sample flights uh took a couple shots of the kids and did like a thing of the house um but i'm I'm still in very much in learning mode with it um the nice thing about this one is i finally have a drone that has the ability to have some autopilot to it um i've had three drones before this i and, and i'll be it like on the cheaper end and one of the biggest challenges with those drones that are, are cheaper is they don't have autopilot. And so while you're trying to take pictures, you also have to be flying the drone. And if, if there's any wind, if it's not, if the blades aren't calibrated perfectly, you, it's a very manual physical activity to keep the drone hovering in one place so you can take a picture. So you're fiddling around with the controls, trying to take a picture. I have crashed all three and broken all three because it's just like they were so hard to fly this one you push it to where you want it to go take your hands off and it's going to hold in position yesterday i think the winds were 17 miles an hour didn't it made some loud noises because it really rubbed up the engines to keep it held in position but held in position nice um and it knows where it came from Mm -hmm. so when it takes off it sets a home point you go fly around then you push one button say come back home and it comes back back home and lands and lands oh wow i don't even have to touch it so nice yeah it's super fun so i'm hoping to get some good shots and some video once i really understand how it's how it works so i'm gonna have to send you this instagram account uh called offshore drones um Mm. they uh these folks they're you know the, the south jersey shore so they they often post things from like a couple of the shore points we go to, like hovering over the boardwalk, hovering over the shoreline. Like I mean, they've got some really nice shots. That's really cool. Yeah, I I'm amazed at how creative people are with them and like the cinematic kind of views and feelings they're able to get from the shots. So hopefully, if I play around with it enough, I'll be able to create some some cool content with it. So we'll see. Fun stuff. New toys are always fun, fun indeed. New toys are fun. It it's fun, but also overwhelming. Um, and I and I don't know if you read through uh, my tweet yesterday or Monday where I talked about like feeling overwhelmed at not being amazing at anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what happened this weekend because I had this. I got this drone, and I've been reading and watching lots of videos, and I'm like you have to spend hours and hours and hours to get really, really good at this. It's just so complex. It's like getting a new DSLR camera, you know, it's like, yeah, you can take good pictures, putting it in um, automatic mode, but like, if you really want to dial it in and put it in manual mode and like tweak all the features, it takes a lot of work. So I had that going. And then in parallel, um, our mutual friend Randy reached out to me and said, Hey, you next up for my next custom guitar. You know, I want to build you a guitar. And I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. I, I don't know how to, I, I don't know how to play the guitar. Um, I know how to play the ukulele. I know how to play the bass. I play piano. 
but guitar is a whole new instrument. I'm like, can I take on yet another hobby that I'm going to be mediocre at? And so while it is fun, it's also like, it gets me stressed out because it's like, if I own this, I should be good at it. Right. You, you, you want to be really good at it. I want to be really good at it. And I'm not. <laughs> and, and most people said, you know, let go of that. Like, it's okay as a hobby. It's not like you're going to go out and be a professional, you know, videographer with your drone and get paid to do it. You're just doing it for fun. You know, if you get a guitar, you're going to, you know, pluck on the guitar and have fun. You're not going to go play gigs and get paid to do it. So like, just enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to be a professional at everything and it's okay. So anyway, I think that's solid advice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, what's, uh, what's new with you? Uh, nothing, nothing much at the moment. Um, just helping my parents move at, you know, right mm. now settlement is like in six weeks, their house sold. Everything was taken care of in 48 hours. It went up Crazy Friday man. morning. Uh, they had an offer Saturday morning. They accepted it and tweaked the, the final details of it Saturday night and everything was done Sunday morning. Uh, the real estate market is crazy yeah. right now. And they so. got a nice bid over asking. The people came in yeah. over asking price. So so now it's just the helping the two of them clean out the house that they raised the yeah. four of us in. Is that hard? Uh, I mean, they've been pretty good at like getting rid of stuff over the years, but still. it's. Well, I mean, hard, hard, hard emotionally. No. No, um, no, you know, people, a lot of people have asked me like, oh, you could be sad when your parents sell the house and you move out. I'm like, I'll probably be a little sad the last day there, but kind of where my parents are at in life at the moment, it's too much house yeah. for them. Like mm -hmm. they need one floor living. My, yeah, not to get too personal on this, but like my dad's been developing something since, since like mm. December, it, it's almost like he had a stroke without the evidence of a stroke. It's weird. Mm. Like my dad. Up until last November, would walk three miles a day, four miles a day. He'd go out every morning, he'd get up in the morning, have his cup of coffee, and go out for his three to four mile walk. Now he's barely get up steps, you know, and it's that's hard. It's it's really hard, and it's it's progressing pretty quickly, and like nobody knows what's going on. So like this house is is quickly becoming too much for them, and they've mm. they've maintained it phenomenally over the last couple of years. But the problem is, is if they, if they didn't do something soon, the house would get away from them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's my long way of saying, you know what? Yeah. It, it'll be a little sad the last time, like when we actually like lock up and we were all there for the last time, but in the end, it's what's best for them. They need it. They need something yeah. that's easier to maintain. Like, um, last summer. Well, two summers ago, my brother and I split the time cutting the lawn. I cut it last summer. I'm going to do it now. Like I was just there yesterday morning cutting the lawn for them. And, you know, it's like, you know, my, the one neighbor came over um, and he was like, oh, only a couple more times doing this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm embracing it because I used to do yeah. this as a kid. You know, when I turned yeah. 10, my dad's yeah. like, come on, I'm showing you how to cut the I'm lawn. You're, you're, yeah. you know, while I'm at work during your summer vacation, you're going to be cutting the lawn. Um, so it's kind of like bringing back memories like that and get, getting really sentimental. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's not a problem. Yeah. I, and I don't know about you, but one of my, one of my favorite smells in the entire world is fresh cut grass. Yes. Cut, yeah. Cutting, my, cutting the lawn for me is like, like you were talking about washing the dishes. I, it's my chance to go out and put headphones on. 
zone out and just be outside moving around but also yeah. i can get lost in thought mm-hmm. totally totally well glad that you uh have the ability to help out with that yeah i think uh, there's gonna be a couple more weeks coming up where i'm just gonna pack up my laptop and head over there and then just you know like my 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 superpower is you know being able to be a pack mule just tell me where you need stuff moved to. Uh, I is it isn't there a isn't there a commercial where um, some guy's on his phone and his buddy has like a fridge strapped yep. to his back or something? Yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm the one that's like, you know, I am I am not that talented when it comes to home improvement. But if you need something ripped out, call me, and yeah. I can help you rip something out. It's good to have one of those friends in your circle. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just come over. And as you guys are boxing up stuff, I can then move the boxes. So then we yeah. can get them to get them all set up like in the front room and then get everybody together, load up cars and take them where they need to go. How far away are they going? So they're moving up near my brother and sister-in-law a little over an hour away. Oh, that's, that's quite a big move. Yeah. It, it's a new development. It's a brand new house. It's three bedroom it's a three bedroom rancher so all one floor mm -hmm. living um they're gonna be up there there and then they're like 15 minutes away from my sister and brother-in-law and i'll be honest with you like it's i kind of see my wife and i moving out toward there in a couple years mm -hmm. you know um as like we're we're kind of working on some things she's debating maybe taking a leave of absence from work um and if so then we're not necessarily as tied to this area anymore yeah yeah good stuff I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how you're going to segue this one yeah it's it got got really really heavy there for a minute um, yeah but yeah. honestly like um you know we, we were talking about it i actually did have a segue in mind and i kind of lost it there um and you were talking about like randy with the guitar mm. and um I lost it. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I did. I did have something. I'm like, Oh, there it is. Um, so yeah, we're, we're recording this episode right in the middle of, of Adobe summit 2021. Yeah. Uh, this is the second year it's being held virtually due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and you know, there is a lot of talk. Like I, I attended some of the sessions yesterday. I've got some, I haven't been able to attend any today yet, but one of the benefits is, is you can go back and, and rewatch them. So I've got a bunch of bookmark to do later today uh, and tomorrow. You're much, you're much better than, than me. I haven't, mm -hmm. I haven't even attempted it. Yeah. So. And, and see, and this is where I wanted to go because while there is a lot of talk, um, you know, on social media of those attending, you know, we'll see everybody back in Vegas next year. Can't wait to get back in person. Oh, man, I sure hope so. Like, but is this the future of conferences and may, and not just our industry conference, like just about every conference has either been outright canceled or some kind of virtual conference. And even leading up to 2020, we saw a few vendors start up virtual conferences. So is this the future? And maybe not yeah. the complete version of the future, but like, I, I'm actually quite fearful um, that this is the future. Because, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, yeah. think about it. Like, you and I talk about it all the time. What has been the value of Summit the last several years? It's not necessarily been the breakout sessions. Yes, it's great to go to some of those. It's not the keynotes. It's nothing like that. It's the camaraderie. It's become, our for our team specifically, 
the time that we all get together in one place yeah. at the same time. And we can actually yep. spend some time in person. It's time that it's one of those conferences that all or you know, the majority, if not all of our clients are there. So we're able to schedule in-person time with them. And unfortunately I have yet to experience the summer, uh, the summit suite that we got um, the, the two previous years uh, because so yeah, I, I, I was or actually, no, we, next uh, year. yeah, next year. So I wasn't, no, it was just, we got it the one year that I had to bail at the last minute and then we yeah. had it planned for last year and Hila and I had all this stuff mapped out. And obviously mm. that didn't happen. Um, yeah. so I haven't had a chance to experience that, but like the idea of just inviting clients and colleagues and folks up to there just to hang out and talk and get away from the hustle and bustle of yeah. it. I'm I'm going way, way all over the place at the moment, well, but like to kind of bring it back and to get the conversation really going on it is, is I'm fearful that this is becoming the future of, of conferences. And I mean, we, we go to one a year, maybe a couple of us will go to a second one. I know Hila has gone to one other one a year. We don't, we're, we're not at every conference. You know, we're not at every industry meetup. Right. Right. But why I'm fearful of this is, is, you know, are we going to have some kind of hybrid going forward where mm -hmm. we, you know, it's maybe it's shortened, it's it's abbreviated, the in-person stuff, and then stuff is, is put online. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think <laughs> well, is going to happen? I have lots of thoughts. Um, my first thought is, is my hair is amazing today. <laughs> so if you're not, if you're not enjoying our video feed on YouTube, you should check it out for at least today's episode. Actually wash my hair. Um, but I, I think there's no doubt that we'll have some kind of a hybrid solution going forward. And the, and the reason that I, I believe that to be the case is that lots and lots of companies have seen that this is an option for them to hold some kind of an event um, because doing events is incredibly, incredibly difficult um, and it's incredibly costly. Um, even small events in person are very difficult to coordinate and pull off and the costs are quite, quite high. Um, I've only been part of doing one event uh, at a previous employer. We held um, an, an event in Atlanta um, fairly intimate group. I think there were about a hundred attendees and it was extremely complicated to plan it. Um, and it was very, very expensive to pull off. And I think that what companies have seen is not that we're going to decrease the complications, although I think we are, um, and especially if we start to see software vendors popping up directly to support this. Um, I think a lot of companies have been kind of doing it on their own in, in our space. I think the, the leader in building technology to pull off these type of ev events has probably been observe point um, because they were doing these types of events prior to the pandemic and had a platform to do it very well. But if we see SaaS vendors coming out and starting to create software and there's probably already stuff out there, but more accessible software to do virtual events, um, the costs are going to be considerably lower. The complexity is going to be considerably lower. And with most things in technology, the barrier to entry to doing an event is going to be considerably low. So what happens? You have, 
again. Everybody's going to do it. Everybody's going to do gonna it. It's going to cheapen it. It's it's yeah. It's it's going to cheapen it um, because they're not going to put in as much thought into it. And when I say that, it's a it's a pretty broad statement. There will be a, a handful of people that do it really, 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 really well. Uh, but most people will kind of half-ass it, and that's just how we do things. And um, you're going to have a very crowded, noisy marketplace with um, everybody hosting some kind of a conference, whether it's a half day or one day or two days. It's 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 going to happen, and there's going to be the FOMO factor. So if our direct competitors are hosting conferences, it's like, wow, well, maybe 33.6 needs a virtual conference. Um, and and I think there's going to be a lot of, of that happening. And honestly, if we're not already there, I know I'm there. We're going to hit conference burnout fatigue really, really quickly. Um, and so I, I just don't think that companies are going to get the return on what they think they're going to get from these virtual events. Now, that's not to say that there isn't value in doing it. But as with most things, we need to think about moderation and the fact that our goal to hold some kind of a virtual event shouldn't be because that's what our competitor is doing. So we just need to replicate it. If we're solving for a very specific need and we really, really are deliberate about how we plan that and pull it off, I think it can be incredibly valuable. Um, but I, I personally don't want it to replace full-time in-person events. Um, for, for me, there's something special about the in-person event. Number one, it's just being able to connect directly with people. And to your point where, um, as a company, we work remotely, um, both with each other as employees and with our, our clients, um, having an event is an amazing opportunity for us to have that togetherness time in, in person. Um, but also there's something important about just having that as a focal point. Um, and I made a point, even when Summit was here in Utah for so many years, I made a point to pack my travel bag and get a hotel room in Salt Lake and stay in Salt Lake. It's a 30 minute drive for me. Very easy for me to go back and forth. But I knew the minute I made that choice that I wouldn't be fully present at the conference and, and just showing up to the sessions and then going home that isn't attending a conference. And that's a lot like what we're doing virtually. We show up to a session and then we bail and go back to our work. We're not really fully present at the conference. And that is my biggest concern, much less the in-person piece, but more the ability to just be present. Um, so, you know, again, I made that deliberate choice to stay in Salt Lake and be fully present in the conference because it's everything that happens around the sessions where the real value is, you know, it's like just the being there and the hanging out in the hotel lobby and talking with friends and people you haven't seen and talking shop. That to me is the value. And it's one of the reasons why um, I, I liked the very, very early days of Symphonics Exchange Conference. I don't know if you ever attended any of those conferences. No, I was never able to attend um, any of those. Man, really well done. You know, hats off to Gary um, from Symphonic back in the day for, for putting that together because just really, really well done. And um, the ones I attended were at really great destinations, but not, but destinations that didn't have a whole lot going on around it. So the most memorable one I attended was in Monterey. Um, and you were in Monterey, you're in this small little fishing town, um, on the coast of central California. 
and you're just kind of there. And so everything that's happening is happening around that event. Um, it's a little bit different for me for Summit in Vegas because there's a million things you can be doing in Vegas, right? So it's easy to get, it's like, oh, we're going to go over to this show. Or we're going to go do this. You know, when you're in like a little destination like Monterey, it's like, you're just there. It's, there's nowhere to escape to. And it, it kind of forces you to have that togetherness in a, in a single location. And to me, that's really the beauty and the value of in-person conferences that I, I just don't believe that you can replicate virtually. And, and so, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm all for having a, a hybrid where virtually you give people an opportunity that maybe otherwise wouldn't be able to attend an event from a knowledge gathering standpoint for, for all means, let's continue to refine on that. But let's be honest with ourselves that um, the sessions are really an excuse to get people in, in a location. And it's everything else outside of the sessions that really is what is most valuable of, um, about the conferences that, that we attend. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I mean, like the, the getting together, like, you know, some of the memories that, that, that you create, um, and it, it's, you know, for us, I think it, it helps us deliver a great experience for our clients because we, we, we make it a point to, I know I do is like any of like the, the ones I'm working with on a regular basis, just as simple, something as simple as like, let's go grab coffee for an hour and let's <laughs> yeah. just bullshit, you know, and, and just randomly talk. Cause that's where some of the best ideas come from. And then it's, you know, it, it helps you kind of set the path going forward. Yeah. Um, it also helps you, you know, being away, it helps you get out of the rut. You know, this For was sure. always a milestone I set every year as almost like a bit of the backlog reset with clients because the backlog starts to build. You get in this grind of just getting through various things. This gave you a chance to kind of wipe the backlog clean in some cases, like, no, we really don't need that. No, we really don't need that. Let's add this, to the backlog, new things. And then of course there's a level of excitement, both from you and the client to get it done. Yeah. And there's this renewed vigor. Yeah, for, for sure. And that's what I remember the most as, as well. And it's probably not a fair judgment because I I'm horrible at attending sessions. Anyway, I, I can't remember the last conference that I went to where attending a session was my, was my focal point. Um, but with that said, you know, the memories are, are really, again, everything other than the sessions. Um, and, and I think back to just, just last summit a couple of years ago, the things I remember the most are sitting in the little restaurants in the Venetian meeting with our customers. Yeah. You know, like that was awesome. Like just that opportunity to, to sit down and just have a conversation. It's not, and it's not that we were even ta- talking shop. It's, you know, we're just hanging out with each other and, and just enjoying each other's company. And it's really amazing. Um, and, and additionally, one of the things that we had been doing specifically around Summit um, is we've been getting all of our clients together in one room for a client dinner as kind of an appreciation, but an opportunity to introduce really great people to each other. And I, I was thinking about it. We have a new employee, Tony, um, and I was chatting with him yesterday and uh, I was talking to him a little bit about uh, Todd over at the Monitor. He's like, "Wait a minute, um, he was he at your client dinner in 2018, boat or something, something?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "Yeah, I was there too." Because Tony worked 
uh, at a client of ours back in at that time frame. He's like, I sat next to him, super cool guy. So like, you know, like these things, these things make a difference with people. And just, you know, that little dinner, we think, and eh, just kind of getting together and having, having some good food and some laughs. But I think there's been some very real connections that we foster between our clients that still to this day are, are creating value. So like those things we were really, really missing out on right mm-hmm. now. It, it's those relationships that you build. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so what I just thought of is six years ago when you and I first started talking about me joining 33 Sticks, what was one of the first things we talked about? Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't know. It involves sushi. It involves sushi. Um, oh, you're the, the Hellfire Challenge yep. thing? Yeah. I don't know what. That's not the official name. Maybe that No, was. that was. It was the Hellfire Sushi, Hellfire sushi Challenge. Challenge. Yeah. Um, I, I'm blanking on it. I have to look up the name of the, the restaurant there in Salt Lake. It goes back to 2011. Okay. 10 years ago. Samurai, was it Samurai Sushi? Hold on. I'm not going to look it up. Keep going. Um, that was Randy and I. And I remember this conversation. And I brought it up as a way to kind of break the ice and just bring some humor into it. Kobe. At Kobe Sushi. Kobe. That's it. Yeah. Kobe Sushi. And um, I brought it up and he's like, you were there for that? You, you, you said that. You said that to me. And I'm like, I was the ringleader. <laughs> I was the ringleader of that disaster. That's one of the most amazing stories. And it was funny because when we did talk about it, I didn't know it was you, right? Mm-hmm. The first time we had that conversation, I'm like, dude, I got to tell you, like, that, I was there. I was the guy. Like, I was pushing him to do this. <laughs> um, that, that, that year, that you probably don't remember much else from that year other than the Hellfire Challenge, right? And like, the people you were with and the memories yeah, you I, made around that. You got to tweet Randy. He's got the pictures for of it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He's got pictures and everything. I don't think I've ever seen pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tweet Randy. Tell him we're talking about it live on the podcast right now and see if he's got pictures readily available. Okay. Join my typing while I tweet <laughs> Randy live here. Yeah, good 10 years ago. And I tell people like that it, it was a crazy story and was the dumbest idea I ever had. Uh, but what a memory, right? But right. Like, and this is the kind of stuff that I'm worried about that, that, that people are going to miss out on because even yeah. if it's say it's not fully virtual, if it's not, if, if it's a bit hybrid, you, know, you put it perfectly. The, the breakout sessions are the reason for people to get together. And if the breakout sessions are in person, you need three to four days of uh, of of time to be able to host them. And my fear is, is if we go to like a, a hybrid of partially in person, partially remote, you'll have the keynote, you have a few breakout sessions, but then that shortens it to a day, day and a half. Right. Yeah. So then, like, I mean, this thing, this funny story with Randy and I and a few others we were working with at the time. I mean, this was like one of the. This was going out to dinner one night, and and believe it or not, our, our uh, at the time I think well, uh, uh, they were still calling them Omnitra. I think it was the Omnitra business unit of Adobe. Our mm. our account rep went with us. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, he was he was there for for this debacle as well. That's awesome. And it's these funny events, these funny stories um that you know, it, it helps you build relationships within yeah, you know, within the space. Yeah. No, for for sure and that's that's my biggest thing that um you know, uh, Ben Gaines and I were um, having dinner last week. Um, speaking of sushi, <laughs> uh, so so Ben and I um, scheduled a dinner um, almost to the day two weeks after my last vaccination shot. Actually, my first. I did Johnson and Johnson, um, where both of us were fully vaccinated, and so mm-hmm. we scheduled a celebratory dinner. Um, and I'm totally going off track here. <laughs> but it had been over a year since either of us had sat in our favorite sushi restaurant here in, in Salt Lake City. And so we scheduled the dinner. We ate way too much fish. Um, but one of the things we were talking about was Adobe Summit. We knew it was coming up this week. And um, I said, man, if it's not in person next year, I'm just going to freak out. Um, and then I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. We're doing it anyway. And, and, and I think that that was kind of the conclusion that we came to is that, um, while it's nice that we have kind of this excuse, especially where we have clients, you know, where you have to figure out travel and all of that, it makes it much, much harder. But on a smaller scale, I'm like, you know what, if it's not in person next year, we're going to Vegas anyway, we're going to do our own like Vegas summit get together because it isn't about, it isn't about the sessions, right? Mm -hmm. It's about us just being in some location together and making memories together. Mm-hmm. And so Ben and I like fist bumped on him. Like we'll be in Vegas next year, whether there's an official summit or not, we're going to be there. Nice. So I like that. I, I think we need to do that more. You know, I think we need to, especially as businesses are going to go more and more remote. Mm-hmm. We, we absolutely, um, we absolutely need to think about this because as pro remote as we are, as the, as much as we love the freedom and flexibility that that brings, we, we really do miss being together as friends and colleagues and it's going to have to be. And I know this is a little bit off topic from, from what we're chatting about today, but it's going to have to be something that businesses take very seriously and deliberately put in place a plan for how do we capture this physical togetherness that is so incredibly important if we embrace the remote model and everyone is spread out all over the place. Um, for a small company like us, I think it's a lot easier to pull off for a big company, man, that's, that's going to be some, some serious challenges to, to overcome. But I hope that they're thinking about it now, because again, I, as much as of a proponent of remote as we are, I also fully recognize the importance of being together in person. There's something that you just simply can't replicate virtually. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, as a company, we've, um, we've taken for granted that we've had that Adobe summit as our excuse, but going forward, we can't use that as an excuse anymore. I think we need to be smarter about saying, and you and I have talked about it. And I think we mentioned, you know, as long as things are trending the way they are right now with, with the pandemic, I would really love for us to get together as a team this year. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not waiting for next year for Adobe summit. Like it's just been too long that we've been together as a team and, that togetherness is is really critical to the overall health of the organization and us individually as as employees and team members yeah it's all about the experience right yeah it's the you know the nuts and bolts of work you know they're 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 going to get done it's about 
it's about those experiences, the, the, those memorable experiences that, that you have. And that's where yeah. like, you know, like, and you, you brought up the client dinner, like, I mean, how many clients have just, you know, that, that's one of the things that sticks out that, that, that we, oh, yeah. you know, the, uh, yeah. as far as an experience that we've created for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely, completely agree. So I, I'm looking forward to like taking a bit more control of that and making that happen again. By the way, Randy says that he isn't holding out that he's posted those photos several times over the years. So. Okay. Yeah. I just saw the the thread. Unfortunately, you, I, I need to save them this time because I don't have yeah. them. Yeah, I, I do as, as well. And maybe I have seen them, but I can't, I can't place them. So mm-hmm. uh, looking forward to that. But yeah, man, I, you know, just we, 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 we miss it. Um, and I think the, uh, the pandemic has given us um, an opportunity to really um, evaluate how important that togetherness time is. And back to your question, I, again, I think we will see, we will see even more in the coming years. Um conferences being remote and virtual i think less by the big players that have done them more in person but more by everybody else that has seen this as their opportunity to get into the event space and i think we'll have a very very crowded marketplace i think as as attendees we need to be very um meticulous in which ones we choose to attend uh, because I think there can be a very negative backlash of just trying to do too many of these. And we also just have to be realistic that it is what it is. Um, we shouldn't try to make it feel like a conference. We should be uh, a bit more judicious and say, I'm going to pick a couple sessions because I really want to learn about these topics and do that. But trying to replicate the in-person and being there full time, it's near impossible um, to, to try to pull that off. And I think it sets probably unrealistic expectations for, for your experience around that. Um, and ultimately I hope that the, the bigger players that have traditionally traditionally held in, uh, in-person conferences will, um, have a strong desire to go back to doing so. Um, and I'm completely fine with them supplementing that as remote. In fact, you know, it's kind of been like that before. If you think back to Adobe summits in years past, it seems like, uh, you know, a month or so after the the conference ended, they opened it up as kind of an on demand, so you could go and get the sessions on demand afterwards. So we kind of almost had that hybrid model before, where it's like let's have an in person, um, and then after the fact, let's release the content um, and make it available virtually on demand. And I'm completely cool with that. Yeah, I, I think that that would be. I, I think that's a good way to meet it in the middle. But but give a reason for everyone to go out, you know, go out and meet up in person. Yeah. Yeah. So I am super, super looking forward to it. And I think it's gonna happen. Um I if even if vendors don't want to do it, people are pushing like we we miss that. And I think that there's gonna be a strong push from from um from people to to make that happen again. Um and so I think we'll we'll definitely start seeing it open up again. Um next year although i've already seen a few tweets and pictures of conferences already have been happening in person um although limited in attendance and kind of some some different setups i've seen several people i follow on twitter that have been at in-person conferences already in oh nice month, okay so. well that that's a good sign so, then yeah so i think it uh i think it definitely is 
is is happening. It's just like most things is going to take a little bit of time to restart the engine and kind of get it going again. But I'm I'm hopeful that that it it will happen soon. Nice, good. Well, I think that's a good place to to wrap up there. So here's yeah. to Vegas next March. You know, I know it's you know march. it's normally in march so vegas next march and uh hopefully some kind of company get together you know this september absolutely that'd be amazing yep cool all right so all right i think that's a good spot to wrap up and uh thank you much thanks for listening all right check out our youtube feed catch everybody later bye Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.